We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Dawson here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Finch. Are we still live? Feel the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled. You know the big DJ Khaled guy? And bro. Up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Feel the 68. After Hello and welcome to the Saturday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. I got Randolph Childress with me. I've got Jeff Goodman with me. We're live over on SiriusXM Channel 84. We're going to be here for about the next hour or so, give or take a few minutes. If you want to jump in the afters with us after we are done on Sirius, we have a lot to get to today. Purdue and Indiana squared off. And Jeff, it doesn't look like that's too much of a rivalry anymore. We had Tyler Colette go full Randolph Childress and put together one of the most impressive halves of college basketball that I've seen this season. Baylor and Kansas squared off. Michigan State and Illinois squared off. But gentlemen, we have to start down in Lexington where for the first time since 1967 and for the first time in the history of Rupp Arena, the Kentucky Wildcats have lost three consecutive games in that building. Gonzaga 89, Kentucky 85. Graham E.K. had 23 points to lead the Bulldogs, who looked like they are finally in a position to maybe make a chance, uh, make a run of getting a chance to an at-large bid. Jeff, uh, what's your biggest takeaway from Gonzaga's win over Kentucky and Rupp Arena? Um, I mean, I think it was just how bad their bigs are right now. You know, I, I know everybody said, well, their guards didn't look great. Their bigs just give them nothing defensively. I mean, again, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's quite their fault because Bradshaw missed so much time in the preseason and early in the year, and Big Z obviously just was eligible a couple weeks ago. So it's hard to blame both those guys, but they look completely lost. Uh, Onyensu had, like, one great game, and then he hasn't really given him much. Obviously, Trey Mitchell was out. But he's not very good defensively. He he would have given him something offensively, certainly, more than what they got. But I just, again, I just expected them to, to win this one convincingly against the Gonzaga team that really isn't very good. I mean, they're probably an NIT team if they don't beat Kentucky. And maybe even with the win against Kentucky, they might still have to beat St. Mary's in the road, San Francisco in the road, 
and then get to the WCC finals and lose to St. Mary's just to have a shot to get in. So, you know, to lose these games the way they've lost them is is kind of an embarrassment, uh, but I'm still not ready to put Cal in the hot seat because, as I said, it all depends on what they do in the NCAA tournament, Rob. And, yes, they're going to get in the NCAA tournament to all those, you know, Big Blue Nation fans that are up in arms that are going out of their minds tonight. They're going to be in, but they could be like a 10 seed at this point. Who knows? RC? Jeff, let's be honest, man. There's, we've seen nothing defensively from Kentucky to to we to make a Final Four run. I, I think we all agree that we thought that we were mesmerized by the talent. We've seen it at its peak. Could they go out and beat anybody on any given day? They could. But on the defensive end of the floor, it ain't there. And and I think it's it's not about the hot seat for me with Kyle. And I said this another night with us, guys. I, I The question that I would have is, will Kyle just say, man, I had enough of this? And just go into his not walking away from $33 million. RC, no, but no, no, not no, walking no, no, away no. from $33 million. But, but part of that, Jeff, is he can go to an administrative role and collect his $33 mil. He's Be- not doing that. Come on. This I, I, I'm no. on. I'm not. No, no, I'm not saying he will. He he should or he will. But I I say after at some point, I bet you he'd have a conversation at some point if they have another first or second round exit. Sure. Dealing with that. Dealing with that. And let's just be honest, man. This thing has changed quite a bit. I mean, we. I, I'm only saying it because again, we talk about so many of the great coaches that have left that have retired. And then we talk about some of the guys who are still here that hate the way the game of college basketball is right now, that don't really like it. Here's a guy like Kyle isn't Kyle isn't new to this. He's been around here, OG is he been around for a minute. So I'm only saying from live playing at Kentucky, he's had a run. It's been 15 years. And you have True. a ready-made situation where you can transition to. Do you want to do that or do you want to stay there and deal with this? Because this team defensively ain't ain't taking you to Phoenix. It's just not. But his ego, first number one, his ego's too much. His ego's too much to walk away. To me, it would be for something else. Or yes, if Mitch Barnhart goes to him and somebody writes a check for thirty three million, or enough people do, then I could see if they lose in the first round. The one thing he's doing here, he's actually lessening the expectations going to the NCAA tournament. Now, I know it doesn't matter. I, I get it. But if you lose in the first round and you're a two seed, everybody goes bananas, even beyond what it will be. Because if you're a 10 problem, or 11. The, the the only problem, and I look, you're, you're right. You're not wrong about that. But the problem is with where he already set the expectations too high with how much fun this did. team was earlier in the season yep. and the talent that they have. And my biggest issue here, there's a couple things that I have a problem with um, and, and that I think uh, really need some scrutiny if you are a decision maker at Kentucky. Um, he's got the, that that coaching staff that he has, right? you got to figure there's someone on there that's supposed to be trying to figure this stuff out defensively. Well, they've had the same problems for the last three weeks that we have been talking about on this show. Right, it's very but, evident but, what the but issue that's is. That's not easy hold on, hold to on. fix with it's these young evident. guys that it, don't want to guard. They don't want to guard. So, they don't play him, man. Like that. That's that. That's the coaching. Then, then don't bring him in. Then bring in somebody else. Then go get uh, a bunch of like. Who you bringing in? You sat Wagner and Dillingham tonight. You sat him with a game on the line. Who are you putting in? Yeah. Reeves isn't guarding. Shepard doesn't really guard. Now, as Jeff. you put out, 
he, he takes chances and he'll make some great plays, but he'll also make some bonehead plays. They don't have a good, they don't have a plus defender anywhere on the court or on the bench. Maybe the kid, the arrow is pretty good. He's about All right. It. So here's, here's my question then who built this roster? No, it's him. He deserves it. I get it. I'm not defending Calipari. And to be honest, it should have been a lot worse because they shouldn't have had Antonio Reeves because he wanted to transfer and couldn't, and they shouldn't have had Trey Mitchell, but he, he wouldn't have been here if Huggins didn't get fired late. Think of how bad they'd be then. And, and Jeff, what, what we're talking about and what I'm saying as well is let's talk about recruiting and everything with them, which in my opinion, Duke seems to get that guy like next year. It's Cooper Flagg. He's supposed to be the crown jewel in that class. They, like Duke has been getting that guy these last few years. When is the last time? And not saying the Kentucky freshmen are damn good. They're great. But when was the last time they had for them? They went to the veteran guys. That didn't last long. Now they're going back to the young guys, the freshman guys again. But they're not getting that 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 difference maker. They're not getting the AD, the John Wall. It just seems like right now they've lost that recruiting battle. Those kids are going to do mm -hmm. year in and year out for the last couple of years. When's the last time they had that freshman, that difference maker guy? And so I, that's why I posed the question before about what Kyle just be like, man, because that's where they had it. If we fast forward the clock to a month and this team falls anything short of Phoenix, they're going to be ready to burn Lexington down. Another year, and, and because of this team was so good at one point in time, and everybody's raving about this Final Four talent. Yeah. Yep. I get it. Now, here's the issue. But, but here's, here's, the, here's the main crux of the issue, right? Like, if you are, it doesn't matter what players you have on your roster, what the pieces are, whatever it's built, whatever, however the puzzle fits together, you have to find a way to make it work right you have to change something you have to do something to get better defensively and all we've seen the last three weeks is them get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and i know that gonzaga doesn't necessarily have like the deepest playbook in the world but you go back and watch that tape seriously anyone watching this right now if you're listening to it go back and watch it watch the last 10 minutes and 30 seconds and see what gonzaga does it's the same thing every single possession they put Ryan Nemhart in a middle ball screen with whoever the five-man is. They try to get the five-man rolling to the basket. If it's not there, what they do is they swing the ball back to the top to Anton Watson, and they just get a high-low action because their big is sealing whoever Kentucky's big is right at the rim for a duck-in turnaround layup. Ram Ike got it a bunch of times. Brayton Huff got it a bunch of times. They did the same thing over and over again. Kentucky got three stops. Three. I went back and counted them. Three stops in the last 10 minutes of that game when they knew it was coming. Like, at some point, and it's not a surprise either. Like you, We saw the issues with ball screens against Tennessee. We saw it against South Carolina. We know what the problem is with this team. At some point, you have to address it. It doesn't matter you if you got the wrong pieces. It doesn't matter this. It doesn't matter what. You gotta, you, you're never going to go anywhere with a team that has these same problems that everybody – they know. The secret's out. Just put them in ball screens. What did I say? You can't do anything. What did I say when they got D.J. Wagner? What did I say? They did not need DJ Wagner. They didn't need him. They had enough dudes that can score. They needed another veteran in the portal instead of DJ Wagner who duplicates and he really can't shoot it. Like, yeah, he can go downhill. He can finish great. Well, they got dudes who can score. That's not the issue. They, they needed to be older. And when I was the one conversation I've had with John Calipari in the last 13 years, I asked him about that a couple of years ago about like, are you going to keep going portal? And he wouldn't 
be definitive at that point because again it was before like Shibway and all that. And I think with with Shibway, I think it was more of like defensively him being a liability. They didn't win there. They lose to St. Peter's. And then he decides to go back to this freshman model that just isn't going to work in 2023-24. All right. I, I want to get to Gonzaga here in one second, but I do just want to hit you with this, RC, because you've you've played at this level and you've coached at this level and you have an understanding of dealing with egos. When you're winning games and everything is going good, it doesn't matter who's getting the minutes, right? It's a lot easier to kind of share those shots, to be able to share the ball. They've lost three in a row at Rupp. They've lost four out of six overall, and it kind of feels like the wheels are coming off of this, this thing a little bit. Dillingham played 18 minutes tonight, right? Um, we've seen DJ Wagner. It's obviously injury-related, but we've seen his minutes kind of cut recently. Aaron Bradshaw's not playing the same minutes he was when he first got back. Big Z is kind of in and out of the lineup. At what point during this the the – while they're losing, does it kind of become a thing where you have to worry about whether or not this group is together? Because we saw the togetherness when they were winning. How do you keep that together when things are going bad? At some point, I mean, I would imagine he's got to hold he's holding these guys accountable. At the end, of, it's too much talent there. Ultimately, in the end, of, at the end of the day, he's going to have to say he's going to have to send a message. Whether it's mm-hmm. if we're going to lose, we got to lose a certain way, or we're going to lose my way. You're not going to please everybody. You can't. There's too many guys. These guys want to play, whether it's Reed playing, Wagner, Dillingham, Star. So you can't play and start them all. And then if you roll them out there, what are you going to say? Hey, we're going to see who's playing better and just play them that day? So whatever the standard, man, the standard is the standard at Kentucky. And so if they're not they're mm-hmm. not holding their end of the bargain, then you got to sit their ass down. It's simple as that. But you, but to your isn't point. Isn't that what Cal's best to- at, RC? Isn't, isn't that Cal's biggest strength or hasn't that been – his biggest, biggest strength, strength over the years. That's been his biggest strength, getting those guys to buy in, and that, that that's his superpower. That's what he's been great at. And if that isn't working, then then my point, then you got to start asking questions because that's the one thing that he's always done is getting guys rallying truth. People have questioned his, his coaching and all of the other stuff. He got that part of it right. Yep. All right, so Jeff, Rob, let's, would, uh, would let's you make him move on? Would you make a move on, on John Calipari after this year? Or would you wait it out now and see kind of what happens here? And yeah, if they make because they can they can get better. They, yeah, you have only no got one way to go. To wait it out. Like, I mean, you're not firing him in the middle of February. Like that's no, that's no, not no. happening. I mean at the I end think, of the year. I mean at the end of the, at year. the end if, of the year. If they no, get look, bounced point, in the first weekend. Yeah, I mean you have to have a I think you have to have a very real conversation with him and see if there's a way where you can kind of like split that that number down the middle or something like that and say hey look we'll uh give you x amount of dollars for however you want to live on the beach and be our ambassador uh but i i do think that at some point the groundswell of uh upset kentucky fans might be a little bit too much for um for them to handle yeah i I do want to talk about gonzaga because we got about three minutes here before we got to get to break uh mark few has never missed the ncaa tournament jeff 23 straight NCAA tournaments. Gonzaga's been to 24 straight NCAA tournaments. Um, This was their first quad one win, okay? They have one quad one win, and they have three quad two wins. This is their winning at Kentucky is their only win against a top 60 opponent. They have only two wins against top 85 opponents. There's nothing on this resume. Are they in the tournament now? Do they still have work left to do? And do you think at the end of the day, this Gonzaga team is going to be playing in the big dance? No, I think they have to run it here, and and there are a bunch of easy games, right? I mean, Pacific, Portland, 
LMU is not tough, but the last two are kind of tough, right? Last three, really. Santa Clara at home. Then you go to San Francisco on, I think it's mm-hmm. uh, February 29th. And then St. Mary's on March 2nd. I think you have to win all of them. And yep. then that will afford you the opportunity to maybe lose in the West Coast Conference title game against St. Mary's and still get in. Now, you're going to probably need some help at that point, but you got to have one against St. Mary's, whether it's in the title game, which would get you an automatic bid, or in, in the regular season, plus the Kentucky win. I think that gets you enough. I mean, look at some of these other resumes that are on the bubble right now. So I think, and if they're close, trust me, you don't think the committee's going to put Mark Few in the first four if they can? All right, we're coming back with Michigan State. Uh, they beat Illinois 88-80. to 80. And RC, it was probably the first time all season, maybe the first time all season, that all three of A.J. Hogard, Malik Hall, played well in the same game. Hogard had 23 points, five assists. Malik Hall had 22 points. Tyson Walker had 19-3. and three. This was a big win for Michigan State. They came in as a team that was sitting in our fielding the 68 bracket. As we've said a million times, this was, this was another team. This was one they had to have, right? Like coming in late, they'll get more opportunities because they were in the Big Ten. But they're, even for their schedule yet, Michigan State doesn't have a lot of games left, a lot of wiggle room. I mean, they've dropped quite a bit. And credit to those guys at home. Um, they, they, they dug deep. They got it done. Uh, defensively created turnovers there when it mattered the most at the end of the game. Some of Illinois' demons, lack of, lack of decision-making point guard play kind of crept in and hurt them. But credit to Michigan State. But, you know, we've, we've talked about them in nausea. I, 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 I've seen nothing that changes that. I, I thought they would be in. I didn't think they'd play it this close, but it wouldn't have surprised me if they didn't make it. But they got in. I mean, they, they, their Achilles heel is what it's been all year long. And credit to those guys. They are dangerous when, they, when they're able, when all three of those guys play well. But we're, we're, we're 24 games into a season, and we're sitting here talking about this is the first time all three of them play well. So I'm not banking on that happening again. Um, I've seen enough of these guys to know that they're they're who they who they are and without what I thought they were all year long. Um, they, I, I think they'll squeeze themselves and they'll figure a way to get in there, but I don't expect them to go very far once they get in. Goodman, maybe, maybe we'll get a Gonzaga Michigan State first four matchup between Izzo and, and Few, both both extending their streaks, getting in and then having to play each other to get in the main bracket. Um, listen. They're dangerous when everything's clicking, but, like, how often have we seen that? Like you said, RC, like, are you trusting Hogard? Yeah, one game he looks great. Well, the Minnesota game he looked terrible, right? And 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 they lost that game. Today, if you if you get – and Tyson Walker, I almost feel like those guys knew they had to pick it up because Tyson Walker does not look like Tyson Walker right now. He's battling that groin injury. He just doesn't look like he's got the same – you know, quickness and, and burst that he normally has. But, you know, Malik Hall picked it up. Hogarth was great. Akins was pretty good other than, you know, the dumb technical that he picked up, uh, talking to the, the crowd or the bench or whatever after Coleman Hawkins picked it up for Illinois. So you knew the refs were going to have to give it to you because they had hit Coleman Hawkins with mm-hmm. it earlier. Um, but, yeah, I, I and I think they're better with Jackson Coley. Like, he, he gives them at least – a weapon down low that they can go to. He had a couple big offensive boards today, a put back. Uh, so I think he gives him a different dimension. You can play him with Carson Cooper. You can play him a little bit at the five, even though he doesn't rebound well enough. Um, so, I, you know, again, I'm like RC. Like, I don't trust them. But can they win two straight if they get in the NCAA tournament? Absolutely. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, you guys just all kind of hit it right there. I, I do think that um, with their guard play, when they get going, uh, they are going to be able to to play with anybody, right? Like if you get a night in the tournament where these three guys all show up, then they're going to find a way to pull off an upset. And would you be shocked if Michigan State found a way in the playing game as an 11 seed or whatever it is to get to the the to win a game, then beat a six seed, and then beat a three seed and find themselves in the Sweet 16 or something like that? I don't think that would surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me if they got dropped by 25 in the playing game. Like there's just – they're one of those teams that just make absolutely no sense, and anything that could happen, uh, I think. There are a lot of happening. those teams, um, though, Rob. Aren't, aren't there like a bunch so of many. those teams you could say that about? So many, right? So, so many. many. I mean, add, add Wisconsin to that list now, right? Like they're they're mm-hmm. firmly in that equation. Like every team in the Big Ten, not named Purdue, is probably there. Illinois, like they could get blown out in a game. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, think absolutely. we noted that. We know those teams are going to be there. We know Illinois is going to be there. Had Michigan State not won this game today, let's look at this. I mean, look at Penn State. That ain't moving a needle. At Michigan, that ain't moving a needle. Home against Iowa ain't moving a needle. Ohio State isn't moving a needle. They sure as hell isn't going to Mackey Arena and winning. So that ain't happening. And then their best chance for the rest of the year would be home against Northwestern. That would be, that's the last resume. And then the next game is at Indiana. That's it. So their opportunities mm-hmm. to, to put themselves in, they got more games now that can hurt them than help them going forward. So they oh, got to yeah. play their oh, best yeah. basketball right now just to stay in it. They dropped two or three of those games against those opponents we just said. They're not in the tournament. Yeah, that, it's wild when you think about that, that that's where we are right now um, with Michigan State. Let's talk about Illinois real quick. We finally saw Terrence Shannon have kind of a blow-up game. He's still not shooting it the way that he was uh, before the the suspension, um, but he finished with 28 points. He was able to get to the basket, got 13 foul shots. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, I thought, um, despite the technical that he got, which was completely ridiculous, by the way, um, I thought that he played pretty but well. But it was a rep. It was a rep technical. It was. It's because he doesn't shut up. It's because yeah, refs no, don't I, like look, him. That's why. No, that, I, that, look, I mean, I get it. You're not. Put. Why? Right. Yeah, you're. But you're not wrong. It's just, right. I, I can't stand the idea. Uh, I'm going to get on my soapbox. Give me 30 seconds, and then I'll get off the soapbox. Right. College basketball. Okay. What makes it such a special thing is the energy and the environment and how loud it is and the interaction with the students. There's nowhere else in American sports where you have student sections that are that loud and that aggressive and that vulgar, literally right on top of the the, the court or the playing surface where they can whatever they say, the players can hear every single word of it right while they're playing. What makes college basketball special is the emotion that comes out of that. And finding ways to legislate emotion out of the game means we're just going to get a sterile product. We saw what that was when during the COVID season when no one was in the building. It's not really always a fun watch, right? It's not It's not that great to just sit there and watch the just basketball at the college level. The environment is what makes it special. Stop trying to get make rules to take the emotion out of the game. Okay, this is me getting off of my soapbox. All right, RC, I'm going to put a gun to your head. Which of these two teams, Michigan State or Illinois, uh, would you would you back to go farther in the tournament? Who are you who are you riding with? Who would you be more surprised to see in the second weekend? Uh, this is easy because Michigan State is fighting just to stay in it. I know Illinois is going to be in it. 
I don't trust. I, I'm still not there yet. I'm not there that Michigan State is going to. Listen, I know Illinois is going to be there. I, I don't have any questions right, about it. Let's say. Just not a all right. Can I rephrase the question? Let's say yeah. Michigan State is in as a 10 seed. Illinois in as a four seed. Who are you taking? Who do you, who do you like? They're both in. Who do you like? I'm I'm not going to be prisoner of the moment and say that. Like I, I'm, I'm stick to what I said all year long. I'm going with <laughs> Illinois. I, I I've I've learned more from that team through the distractions of what what we can talk about what they don't have everything else. A lot of teams would have imploded off everything that was surrounded with Turn Shannon. That team sure. one stuck together, went through it all. If you know nothing about Illinois, you know they've been through that. Yep. There's only one of these teams that was preseason fourth-ranked team in the country, and we're sitting here questioning whether they're going to make it into the tournament. And that's all my argument been all year with Michigan State is. The weight of the expectations of what we just expect them to be, they're not that team. That's all it is. Could they get in? Could they? They got a dude. As long as you got Walker, you got a dude that can give you 30 and can win any game, any given night. So I would never count them out that game because of that dude on that team. I've seen it enough from him. I would never question him. Never. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, We're going to get to a break here. Quickly. Go ahead. Rob, really quick. 10 seconds. Terrence Shannon at Breslin at in the Izzo, in his zone or whatever it is tonight, 28 points, showed me something that he can handle that because he had done it well at home, had struggled in the road. This was big for him tonight. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. Um, I can't shake the idea that uh, it just makes so much sense for Illinois to be able to make a run, but um, I do not trust them as far as I can throw them. Uh, we're going to get to a break here. We got to talk about Purdue and Indiana, but we just talked about two teams that have had 24-plus year NCAA tournament streaks. The longest NCAA tournament streak, Kansas. Talking to them next. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 each and every week of the college basketball season. We have a special offer that will be available starting on Tuesday, January 9th, and running through Monday, February 12th, the morning after Super Bowl 58. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, in honor of the big game, you can use the bonus code FIELD158 and you'll get $158 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM, regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD158. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure that you use that bonus code FIELD158 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create separate accounts in each state. It's easy, it's simple, it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the heart of the college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odd boosts, and my favorite, a nice juicy parlay boost. So download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Field 158.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Saturday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. Rob Dawson, Randolph Childress, Jeff Goodman are presented by our partners over at BetMGM. And we are live right now on SiriusXM at Channel 84. Good news, guys. We didn't have a single technical difficulty during that entire break. We made it all the way through. We got an add-in. We did everything that we needed to do. We were able, Jeff, to pay the bills so that we don't have any more technical difficulties. Um, all right. And uh, we got to talk about. And RC wiped his lens. RC wiped I his lens. Hey, he looks, he looks <laughs> he, he, I just thought I thought he was blurry because there's a little bit of this. Um, there you go. All right, let's uh, let's let's talk Kansas Baylor. Um, Kansas beats Baylor without their leading scorer and without the guy who is probably the All American on their team, Kevin McCuller. Uh, the final score was sixty-four to sixty-one. Baylor had twenty-one turnovers. Nick Timberlake. Good news. He had eight points. The bad news in the last 15 seconds, he had four mistakes that probably should have uh, allowed Baylor to force overtime in this game. Johnny Furphy's come back to earth. He's missed 10 straight threes. And Juan Harris looked like he might have uh, hurt his ankle pretty badly. I don't know. We, we don't have any um, info on that, but he was limping around pretty good at the end of the game. Goodman, talk to me about this Kansas team and talk to me about uh, this win over Baylor in the fall. I mean, it was a grinder of a win, right? I mean, listen, Baylor turned it over. It felt like every other possession, every other possession. And a lot of them were unforced. Um, they were throwing the ball all over the damn Fog Allen. Uh, but they were still in the game because Kansas didn't play well. They really didn't. Hunter didn't have his A game. They didn't have McCullough. Furphy couldn't make a shot. Like you said, Dewan Harris, he made a big three. Then he gets hurt, limping around. Tough, tough-ass kid comes back out there basically on one ankle, makes a big shot, runs the offense. Uh, Timberlake makes a three, and they act like, you know, the whole arena acts like it's the greatest thing ever because he hasn't made one all year. <laughs> um, and then, like you said, at the end of the game, he was back to Nick Timberlake. Uh, they get nothing off their bench. Um, you know, again, they're just – they're good. They're good, but it's hard. Without McCuller, it's hard because he's been – like you said, they're all American. Like he and Hunter Dickinson are like 1A and 1B, but the reason you give it to McCullough is 1A is because of his defense. And he's mm -hmm. been as good a two-way player as there's probably been in the entire country not named Zach Eaton, right? I mean, Shannon missed some games, so you probably put McCullough ahead of him at this point. Um, you know, again, give Baylor credit. They were still in the game and they had a chance, even though, honestly – they didn't play well. Like, Ray J. Dennis wasn't good. 
like Jalen Bridges missed a couple big shots. Jaden Nunn was throwing the ball around. Again, it was like the, the Missy kid was great. He was awesome. But other than that, nobody else played great. It was an ugly game, I guess is what I'm getting at. It was an ugly-ass game that Kansas found a way to win. Yep, RC? Your backcourt your back can't have 11 turnovers, you know, for, for mm-hmm. Baylor. Your backcourt can't play. You, you can't throw the ball away that way and expect to win on the road against, you know, in, in, in Kansas, of all places to play in the country. That's as difficult as it is. And you can't go there and your starting backcourt gives you 11 turnovers. Like, you're lucky the game was this close because if, if obviously McCullough was out, and that's a big thing. So that was a big win for Kansas. He was out. But if Kansas plays halfway decent offensively, they blow this game open. I mean, I thought you, you, you turn the ball over 21 times and, you know, in Fogger, and you usually – you're blown out. You know, Rock Talk, Jayhawk, you're usually blown out at that point. That That's an ugly win. That game is the walk-ons are playing because you're down by 20, 25, 30 points. So uh, it was – I didn't think it was a great game. I thought both teams played hard. I thought they competed their asses off, but I didn't think it was a great game. I thought it was just an ugly rock fight. And Kansas just had the bigger stones. So it was a Big 12 game. It was every single Big 12 game that we've ever seen this entire season. A bunch of yeah, teams that just true, wanted to but usually you'll get a performance up. out of it. Someone will be show you something offensively. That was just like, man, close your eyes. Like, you don't even want to see it. It's like they you were hoping the showed? clock just ran. But you know what it showed? How important Kevin McCullough is. Like, how mm-hmm. – I think we knew it, but but now when he when they don't have him – you realize how important that dude is on the offensive end as well. Yeah, because you know what it is, Jeff? Like he's he operates as their second point guard, right? Like we we how much do we talk about this? People that listen to the field of 68 have probably heard me say this about eight million times at this point. But if you go back and look through the teams that have won national championships in the last 15 years, almost all of them play with two point guards. Like the exception was Kansas in uh in 2022, when it was Dewan Harris and he played with Christian Brown and and Jalen Wilson and uh, Oshai Abaji and those guys, right? Everyone else basically has had two point guards from Kemba and Shabazz, the Shabazz and Ryan Boat, right, to Peyton Siva and Russ Smith, to uh, to to Joel Berry and Theo Pinson, to um, to basically Ryan Archidiakno and Jalen. Everybody's got two point guards, and when Kansas doesn't have Kevin McCuller, they have a point guard and a bunch of guys that can finish plays. And having him with his ability to shoot, his ability to pass, his ability to get to the basket, his the the like he's he, I think the best way to phrase it, he's probably like the best glue guy in the country. And it's very evident that things just don't work as well when you don't have him. Um, just a quick whip around in the Big Twelve. Houston won at Cincinnati despite being down by seven in the second half. UCF beat uh, lost at Texas Tech, so Texas Tech is still kind of right there in the mix. Um, Iowa State beat TCU, so we still have. Uh, four teams at the top of the Big 12 that are all within one game of first place. Is this just going to be what it is for the whole season, Jeff? Or are we just looking at a, a slog fest at the top of this yeah. conference? Yeah. And and the fact that, like, Iowa State's still there is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, really is. Like, when we're talking about coaches of the year, and again, Lamont Paris is number one right now, period. Like, he is number one. I don't want to hear anybody else in that number one spot today. Now it can change, but he's number one. TJ Altsenberger is somewhere in that top five, somewhere in the top five. Cause you know, again, people thought they'd be towards the bottom. He thought they'd be towards the bottom of the big 12. I'm telling you, he thought I got a young team. I got fresh. Like, I don't think I'm gonna be that good. 
that I called them early in the season. And I was like, did you do this with the net? Are you blowing out teams because, you know, you put together this crappy schedule? He's like, yeah, I didn't, I really didn't think we we're going to be this good. And, uh, and they only have one walk on, so they can't really call the dogs off. Uh, but yeah, like to me, this league is going to end up to me as a uh, tie. I think, I think two or three teams will share the league title. And I think two of them, if it's three overall, it's going to be Kansas and Houston and maybe one other. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, RC, I want to get to Purdue, Indiana, because uh, my big question here, after seeing Zach Eady go for 26 points and 13 boards and four assists, after seeing the big fella make his first three, after coming up with a new nickname for him, Zach 3D, he's not Big C anymore, man. He's Zach 3D. <laughs> um, it's the first time since 1934, all right? RC, wow. listen to this. I want, you to, I want you to really comprehend this stat, okay? Yeah, it's the first time since 1934 when Jeff Goodman was in first grade that Purdue has swept Indiana with a pair of 20-point victories over the Hoosiers. So here's my question, Randolph. I'm not even going to ask Goodman because Goodman is a biased Indiana fan these days. Is this still a rivalry? <laughs> not as long as Zach Eady's in uniform. It ain't no damn rivalry. We got to wait till Zach get out. We got to wait till Zach leave, man. That's, that, that ain't no rivalry with long as Zach. When Zach Eady leave, we can start the rivalry talk right now. I think we all know who running Indiana right about now. So they got to get Zach Eady <laughs> up out of there, man. How, how embarrassing, though, Rob. Think about this. Could it be any worse than this, right? They, they blow out Indiana. They have Zach Eady make his first three. He doesn't even laugh. Like, he smiles a little bit, but, but he, you know, it basically taunting – their rival, and then the fans start yelling NIT at the end of the game to Indiana. Mm -hmm. Like, oh. this is an embarrassment. No, this is an embarrassment. And, again, I'm going to get back in my soapbox here and, and say it. These former NBA guys, like, enough of them. Enough of hiring them. They all suck. Seriously, they all stink. They all stink. <laughs> None of them make it in the tournament this year. They're all sucking right now, whether it's Stackhouse, whether it's Woodson, whether it's Juwan Howard. Penny's the best of them, and, and they've lost, what, like four or five? Like, come on. Like, enough of this. It's a different game. It's a different game. No more. No more. No more. Um, Yeah. I, I think uh, I think that is your rant. I'm going to let you go on that rant, Thank and I'm going to let you have that rant. I'm going to let you operate in that anti-NBA basketball player space all by yourself. Um, I, I will say this, I'm right, though. though. I will say this. No, you're not. You're not wrong. I just I'm not interested in that conversation right now because I want to I want to celebrate what this Purdue team. Um, just yeah, I was did trying to I right? was trying to deviate. I was trying to deviate. <laughs> I, I know you are. And I'm trying to get it back on the tracks. I'm a little bit distracted again. <laughs> uh, everything is blurry here, Jeff. Everything is blurry. It's not just RC. Everything. No, is it's green now. RC, we can see him clearly now. Yeah, you see me, man. I, I can see myself now. <laughs> no, I do just uh, on on Purdue um, in Indiana. Like, here's my big question: How does how do we get this back to being something where Indiana is at the level that Purdue is right now? I'm not saying they got to be like the number one and number two team in the country, but this really shocked me when I went and looked it up. Indiana has not been a top ten team in back to back AP polls since the end of the 2013 season when Tom Crean was there. That was Two stints at ESPN ago, 
for for Tom Brady. He's been yeah, no, seriously, he got he he lost his job at Indiana, then he was at ESPN, then he got Georgia, then he lost the job at Georgia. Now he's back at ESPN. He's been at ESPN twice since Indiana had back to back top ten AP polls, back to back weeks. I, I just, how do you get it back? You know, like it, at some you point, gotta hire the right guy. But you gotta hire the right guy because they have NIL now. I mean, it's not like they don't have NIL, mm-hmm. so they got to get the right guy in. To me, here's the thing, and I hate to say this, but but I think it's true. You don't want to miss now the opportunity to get Dusty May. Dusty May was an Indiana manager. He's doing a great job at FAU. I know they're not doing as well this year, but what he's done in totality the last two years is insane. If you've you know, we've all been to FAU. It's insane. So if you mm-hmm. don't hire him this year, what if he takes if he gets a, a good job? a good high major job, then you're going to miss out on him because I don't think he's going to leave in a year when I think they probably do make a move on Mike Woodson. So ultimately, it's going to be on Mike Woodson here because they're not going to fire Mike Woodson. He's one of their own. Some of the players have have split off and they want a change made, but there's a lot of guys, Quinn Buckner, I think, included, they're not ready to make a move because he did get him the tournament the last two years. So you got to give him his props for that. This year's team was constructed – as poorly as it gets. Randolph? No, I, yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I think this team is just not good enough. And, and I, I don't think you can move on from him because I think the success he's had the last couple of years. Now, do you want it to, to continue to improve? I, I think you do. This is just, as of right now, you got to chalk this up as a one-off. Let's see. Recruiting seems to be going well for him. Let's see what they change. If they got NIL now, let's see what things look like going forward here. I, I'm not ready to to turn the page other than just saying this is one, you know, another. But you worry, you know, one off. Do you worry, like I yeah. said, that you're going to miss out on Dusty May if you don't make a move now? Well, but so much of this, as you know, Jeff, all of this is, is the timing anyway, right? This is a timing of when you fall into that gap with Dusty. Dusty's going to have so many options at the end of the year. Though he was there, I, I think he'll have other options in even Florida. There'll be other places that he might say, look, I don't want to go to Indiana. I, want, I mean, it's. I wouldn't worry about him. He has more options. But, I, and you know, I'm a big Dusty May fan. You know, I'm a huge Dusty May fan. But I think he'll have options. And and, and, I, and I don't know if you move on. You better be damn sure if you're going to move on from a guy and, 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 and get, you have you know, to get the guy. You better yeah. be damn sure. That, that's a lot of money and a lot of, we got to see. Rob, I mean, would you, that, would you do it? Like if, Rob, what would you do if, if, if you think, Dusty's going to take something else, another high major job, and he's going to be off the table in a year, a year from this year. What would you do? I I don't think that I would mortgage the future of the program to get a guy that's basically had like a good 18 months, right? And I, I love, like, look, I think Dusty's going to be a star. Good, good. He's had an insane I, I 18 months. Yeah, I know, but I also, I don't know if, you you pull the plug on Woodson just yet for that because there we've seen lots of guys that have been Dusty May before Dusty May that have not lived up to the expectations they could put on them for the success that they had, right? Sometimes you need to find the right landing spot. So um, I don't know if, if that's necessarily what you would want to do. Here, here's what I will say. If you are convinced that he is the right hire, I don't think there's anything wrong with moving on a year earlier than expected to make sure that you go get that right hire. But you have to be 100% convinced that he is 
the right like we've seen that in the past right when you know when you know it was the wrong decision to bring someone in and you're ready to kind of go out and you and, and make a change you can do it um i just you have to be sure that dusty is the right guy and i i think he is i don't know if i would bet you know 100 percent on it. I, I, where do you stand on that both of you guys i'm curious but I see that that was my point great. I think he's a major mm-hmm. upgrade over Woodson. In my opinion, is he the like he's not Scott Drew? I, I'd rather have Scott Drew, but I don't think you're gonna get Scott Drew. I think Dusty May is the best you're gonna get. Remember, remember, Indiana didn't get anybody big last time. They tried this not that long ago, and they couldn't get Brad Stevens, obviously. We know that. Um, they ended up with a guy who had never coached in college, who was 63 years old. I mean, that's what they ended up with. That's my point. And that's what I was getting ready to say to you guys. And my question was going to be, we're all old enough to remember when Indiana was this, you know, like, oh, my God, it's Indiana basketball. And it reminds me of Notre Dame football. Mm -hmm. Where we grew up in Notre Dame football is just, and let's be honest, it's, it's good. But it isn't what it was when we grew up thinking it, what it was. No. And that's how I feel about Indiana basketball. But the These fans, kids growing up now. The, yeah. I know, but the, the fans support from the fans, from the fans standpoint, it's the same as Notre Dame. But they don't. And you, you answered the question because that's what I was going to ask you. I, you said they got NIL money now. All right. They got NIL money. But what I'm saying is that from the expectations of what people think, it's like NIL, it's like Notre Dame football. And I say that because. You see kids going there, but you don't see them at the top five of, of, of recruiting or NIL and all the other stuff going on. It's Notre Dame football. It's Indiana basketball. They're great. Yeah. But are we are we naming them as the top five or top ten now because of history or because of where they are right now? I mean, like, like that, that's, no, that's what, what I say. What, to what I'm saying is, here's what I'm saying for Indiana basketball. They see me in the tournament every damn year every day mm-hmm. like it should be where if they don't get in it's a major surprise they should be in almost every year and be a second weekend team three out of every five years that's what indiana okay can i play can i play devil devil's advocate for you for one second jeff last year they were a four seed with trey jackson davis i know that this roster isn't perfectly constructed but they haven't had the guy that they thought was going to be their starting point guard for basically the entire season in Xavier Johnson, who was dealing with an ankle thing. Now he's got a, what is it? A, is it a wrist injury that he's got? And like, even when he came back, he didn't that. look right. Like, so I, I'm, I'm willing to give Woodson the benefit of the doubt for that. Like he, he risked a lot putting everything on having just Xavier Johnson as but a point guard. Why? Um, but why? That, that's my question to you. Why would you do that? Why would you put everything in a guy that you didn't even know was going to be eligible? He had to get cleared by so, the NCAA, number one. And why wouldn't you get another combo guard to be able to so take he, some of the pressure? That if, you should have. I mean, come on. He should have. Right. He should have. He should have gotten another combo guard. Um, he probably shouldn't have promised Mackenzie Mbako that he was going to play the three. And relying on having those three big guys is not necessarily the great, the best option in the world. Um, and we got to get break in a second, but I, all I'll say is that when you have an all-conference caliber point guard that is expected to come back, and people think that he's going to come back, it makes it difficult to go out in the portal and get somebody because nobody wants to sit the bench if you're going to be good enough. Uh, we got to hit a break real quick. On the other side, going to talk about a couple top teams in the SEC. 
took absolute beatdowns. Was this just life on the road, or does it say a little bit more about Auburn and Tennessee? Big news, guys. I am thrilled to announce that we have partnered with Autograph, a company founded by the GOAT himself, Tom Brady. The Autograph fandom app gives you access to the best college hoops content, fan contests, and exclusive rewards like discounted tickets, all for doing the things that diehard fans like you already do, following your favorite team in the news and listening to podcasts just like this one. When Tom, and yes, I am calling him Tom, we're on a first-name basis these days, co-founded Autograph, he had one mission in mind, change the fan experience for the better. It works like this. You get all of your college hoops content you want in one place. You get articles from your favorite writers, pods from your favorite hosts, contests from your favorite creators, all on the feeds and the sites that you already enjoy. But instead of having to go to all these different places, it all comes to you in one spot, the autograph fandom map. But here's the best part. The more content that you consume, the higher you rank in the app. As you consider the level up in status on the app, you can unlock unique rewards curated exclusively for you. So download the free autograph app in the app store and use the referral code F68, that's F68, or tap in at the link in the description below or in the podcast app of your choosing to start earning points for doing something as normal as listening to this very podcast. It really is that simple. Welcome back to the Saturday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. Rob Dawson, Randolph Childress, Jeff Goodman. We got about six minutes left before we're going to head to the afters over on our YouTube channel. If you're listening on Sirius, make sure you jump in. You ask us questions. We try to answer them uh, without getting canceled. There's no guarantee that we can actually kind of thread that needle so to speak um rc before we get into the sec are there any other shots you want to take at notre dame football do you want to do you want to drive that dagger into our uh our producer Dagan hughes heart is there anything else that you want to say before we move on now i've been warned already about it but hey I, I, we'll, we'll talk about the rankings again when we talk when we start i don't talk to me next year if notre dame football is in it's in the final in the playoffs then we'll talk. <laughs> they will not be doing any talking he says in our ears so um all right i, I want to let's get to the sec we got about five and a half minutes before we uh our, our show is done on series texas a&m 85 number six tennessee 69 florida 81 number 12 auburn 65 as weird as it sounds i don't think either of those games were necessarily as close as the final score indicates. Jeff, uh, who are you most worried about, Auburn, Tennessee? Um, Probably Auburn a little bit because I didn't think they were this good to begin with, and I'm not sure Bruce Pearl did either. Uh, we're going to be down there next Saturday doing the show, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, from Auburn. Uh, we got a double header. RC. How Great about that? timing to go see game. Auburn play Kentucky, right? Perfect timing. There's never been better right. timing. It actually will be good. It'll be the both teams. It's going to be a war. You couldn't ask for that. You couldn't ask for that. Right. You couldn't ask for that right now. Texas A&M, Alabama first. And then that Kentucky, might be the better Auburn game, tonight. actually. Well, listen, Wade Taylor, when, when you got Wade Taylor and Boots Radford on together and they're both on their game, they're about as dynamic one-two punch you're going to find in the country with what they can do off the bounce and shooting it from deep. 
again, I've said it with Wade Taylor. Like, when he's good, like, he's as good as anybody in the country. And when he's bad, he's as bad about as anybody in the country. There's not much in between. No, but that's the truth. That is the truth. You want to no, hear it or not? I just, hey, Jeff, you know who he reminds no, me you're, of? You're not wrong. You're you not wrong. It? It's just you it's know funny. who he reminds it's me funny of? when we hear this. Go ahead, RC. Sorry. No, he reminds me of Nigel Pack in that manner. He reminds me of Nigel Pack in that manner. Like two explosive yeah, guards bit. that can give you 30. Yeah. But then the flip side is you can be like, man, where, where like, have you, like, Those you know, shots. then you, 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 you go and look for them. Right. In the shot <laughs> what were you doing? Were you looking? Were you looking on the papers on your desk? Is that what you were just doing? Yeah, that's what you got to do sometimes when you're looking for. Because this is the A and M backcourt. I thought I was going to see all year long, mm-hmm. and then they come and, and we didn't see it all year. Then they come out the night, and I'm like, damn, like this is what I thought I was going to get all go get all year. And I know Rafa got hurt, and I know he wasn't there, and he missed some games, man. But you know they missed him dearly. But man, I mean, you're talking about we had Taylor was a first team All American. You know, we expected yep. him to be able to carry, hold them down through that stretch as well, man. So, hey, know, look, this is what Buzz team. Williams does. Buzz Williams might be the new – it might not just be a must-bus. It might be the buzz-bus now. In 2022, remember, they lost the buzz saw. in a row it's and 9 out of 10. The buzz-saw. Come on. The buzz-saw. Yeah, the buzz-saw. So they lost eight in a row, nine out of ten in SEC play. They won their last four. They made it to the finals of the SEC tournament, uh, and they just missed out in the NCAA tournament in 2022. In 2023, remember, they started six and five, and they ended up winning the SEC regular season title, got into the NCAA tournament as a seventh seed. This year, uh, they were three and four in the SEC at one point. They started out the season seven and four. They've now won three in a row. They've now won five of their last six and six of their last eight, and they are now sitting here at six and four. It's two games out of first place, but if they go on the road next Saturday and they win at Alabama, which is all of a sudden a very intriguing game, uh, we might be having a different conversation about them. Let's touch on Florida because we got to talk about Florida. 61 points from Riley Kugel, Walter Clayton, and Zion Poland. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how I entirely feel about this Florida team, and it probably needs more than two minutes for me to kind of hash it out. But, RC, when you look at the talent that they have in their backcourt, they've won five out of six. They're six and four right now in the SEC, 16 and seven overall. I'm kind of digging what uh, Todd Golden's put together with this group. They're trying to play themselves back in the tournament, or into the tournament, I should say. I, I think that's the best way to say it. I mean, we always mm-hmm. – this is the way this backcourt played. It's funny with both teams. We just talked about A&M's backcourt. This Florida backcourt was the same thing. We're like, man, the, the ability to make shots, we expected them to play the way that they're playing right now. And if they continue that, this team will make a run in it. They'll, they'll finish strong in SEC play. They'll be a dangerous out. They're going to get quality opportunities to boost their resume. Uh, and I think they'll play themselves in the tournament. But they have to, to sustain the level of play – that they're playing right now. They, they can't have any slip-ups, no margin for error, but they're playing their way back in it. It's just what we expected from them from the beginning of the year. Yep. All right, Jeff, you got about 30 seconds here. Tennessee or Auburn? Are you more – like where – who do we take more out of for this loss and then RC you go on that too? I still think Tennessee is a team that I've come around on a little bit. I'm not saying they're a Final Four team, but I, I think they go further than Auburn. Mm-hmm. I think they could be a Final Four team. I think they're a better team. I think Tennessee is probably the more complete team in that league. Yeah, I I think I'm kind of coming around to that point. I don't want to leave the uh, 
the bandwagon of Auburn. I've been kind of driving that bandwagon at this point, but I really do not want to leave it because they are uh, a very entertaining team that I think have a real chance. But listen, we uh, we're about done here on Sirius XM. If you're watching on YouTube, stay on YouTube. If you are listening on Sirius XM, come over to our YouTube channel. That is the field of 68. We're going to be here on the stream for about the next probably 20 minutes, answering some questions, getting into some things that we haven't discussed yet. Talking Tyler Kolek, who had an unbelievable performance. We're going to get into that stuff right now. It's the afters, baby. Field of 68 after dark.